Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the PHNX Suns podcast. Uh, I'm Lindsay. That's Gerald. That's Flex. That's Espo. And coming up here in just a few weeks, we're having our second takeover of the season. The (laughs) first one of 2024. It's happening on January 16th against the Kings. And if you're new here and you don't know what a takeover it is, it means... You come hang out with us. We have some food. We have some beverages before the game. And then we all go watch the game together in the same section. And we have a great time. And uh, the last one, we spanked the Timberwolves. So it was a blast. Well, and we thought we were going to see the big three for the first time. We may get to see him for the second time, though, by then. We might. <laughs> we <laughs> absolutely might. Because we did get an update on Bradley Beal. And if anybody is wondering why we are 13 minutes late now at this point in time, because obviously we were waiting for the update so we could bring it to all of you guys. Totes. Yes. So, Gerald, <laughs> what's the update? Yeah, so the update is that Bradley Beal will miss the next two weeks of play to rehab the right ankle sprain. He will be reevaluated at the start of January. Uh, looking at the schedule, let's say that he is reevaluated and plays in that first game, January 1st, second night of a back-to-back. That's going to give him, assuming the big three stays healthy the entire rest of the way, that would only give him... 50 games before the start of the playoffs to build that continuity uh, because that would be game 33 of the regular season. So we are we're rapidly running out of time here to build the continuity, which is a little concerning. But it's good news that the injury is not more severe. And hopefully at the end of this two week reevaluation period, he'll be good to go like he was with the back thing. Did you guys see the new Top Gun? Last year, yeah, mm-hmm. loved it. Uh, you know the scene <clears throat> where at the very end they got to pull up and go really steep straight up in, in the plane. Yeah, I feel like we're at that point when he comes back. Is you got to pull up because you're running out of runway and you're gonna have to just take straight off with this big three because 50 games <laughs> is not a lot of time to uh, to pull that chemistry together. Granted, we only saw about 10 games last year, nine or 10 with with Booker and KD before the playoffs, and they still pushed uh you know denver further than anybody else did but please please let 50 (laughs) games be enough i i mean i said when we did our christmas list i think i said 40 was what i needed absolutely unequivocally 40 so it's shrinking right (laughs) It's, it's shrinking um but i still think 40 is enough uh to get what we need and so 50 sounds very good, considering all I wanted was 40. But like you said, uh, there's not much wiggle room. So uh, let's hope that this two-week 
uh, injury is exactly what it is, two weeks. And then silver lining, coming from a guy who's had three major back surgeries and know how this works, silver lining for me is that if there are any people still questioning the back thing, he gets an extra two weeks to treat that as well while he's treating his ankle, which, again, could be a good thing. Blessings in disguise sometimes. <laughs> extra two weeks to do double the therapy, make sure the back is really good, and uh, sit there and ice up that ankle because that's all it is. Has Flex taken over my role of Mrs. Positivity over here? Somebody did I, to. Did I hand that off? Because I feel like I lost it a little bit this season, and I feel like you picked up right where I left okay. off. So I like that's where good. your head's at, though. Flex, okay. I'm like the Grinch, all right? I'm greedy as shit. And I knew, I want more than fifty. I'm games. I'm kind of in the same boat as you, and, nor, and I'm I'm all for level headedness. So that this is not me panicking in any way, shape, or form. That fifty games is the best case scenario. Like that's assuming that book yeah. doesn't get go down again. That KD, who is thirty five and has injury history and has only missed four games to this point, doesn't go down at any point. That's assuming that Bradley Beal is reevaluated, comes back, and is perfectly healthy the rest of the way which to this point we haven't been able to rely on most of those things. So realistically, you might be looking at somewhere closer to 30 to 40 games. Um, I don't know if that's that's a tough one because you're going up against in the West, like the biggest threat there is probably a Nuggets team that has years of continuity and has a title run together. You're going up against a Timberwolves team that even though they made the Gobert trade last year, they still have like two seasons of experience together at this point. Um, that's going to be tough to overcome that continuity disadvantage is what Frank Vogel refers to it as. So um, you you just hope that in this case, the talent and being healthy at the right time of year and the firepower is going to give you a shot against anybody in a seven-game series. Uh, that That's a little tricky for me. It's dicey against a team like the Nuggets or even someone they might see in the first or second round, depending on the matchup. So what would you yeah. say your minimum is as far as games that the big three play before playoffs together? I mean, I'd feel comfortable. I'd feel more comfortable in the 40 to 45 range if it's 30. So be it anything less than 30. And I don't realistically think I could predict like, yeah, the Suns so can do it this year. So 30 is your minimum. 30 is my minimum. Okay. Yeah. Flex, Espo? Um, so I said 40. Mm-hmm. I said 40. And that 50 range that we're talking about, I think that's that 10-game deviation is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. A game that KD missed, a game that book missed, Bill. So I think they got 10 games to kind of have some wiggle room. But I, I think something we talked off off show is more important to me. We keep talking about the big three, and I keep saying there's a six. Mm-hmm. that I'm concerned with. Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Brad Beal, Nurkic, <clears throat> Gordon, Grayson. Mm-hmm. Those are the six guys that I think can match up with anyone in the playoff series and give you a chance to uh, potentially beat anyone in the playoff series. And we haven't seen them once. Mm-hmm. Not one game where we've had all six of those guys. And so it goes beyond the big three. Uh, I think if we can get, you know, 35 games with the big with all six of them Mm -hmm. i'd feel good 35 to 40 anything less than that i'm a little worried so it goes beyond the big three for me well 35 to 40 i i think devin booker bradley (laughs) beal and kevin durant can figure it out but what worries me most about this is trade deadlines middle of february Mm -hmm. you're not going to know what you have Mm -hmm. you're not going to know what you really need Mm -hmm. so you're going to have to either take (laughs) a swing and hope you have that figured out or not make a move and hope everything you have is good enough. That's what 
I don't like about the situation because there's no room for error on that side of it. Uh, I think these guys can figure it out, and they could do it in 30 games maybe because they're that talented, but I like some margin for error in my life, and right now there's very little when it comes to this group. To your point, you're going to have like a four- to five-week trial period leading up to the trade deadline yeah. where you have to evaluate, okay, what do we have, what do we need with everybody healthy and you hope that for those four to five weeks, you can get a good look in depth at what the rotations might look like come playoff time. Because to your point, Flex, like we can talk about the big three and they've looked good together in their limited, very limited yeah. time on the floor. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't have Grayson Allen or Eric Gordon for the one full game they yeah. played together. They didn't have Eric Gordon for the second game where Beal was out there for four and a half minutes and got hurt again. So we still don't know what it looks like beyond them. I'm not as worried about the big three figuring it out as I am about Vogel and the bench and the rotations, the staggers. What do those look like? Because yeah. the big three together in their first game were great. They were a plus, what, like 15 or 12 in their 19 minutes together. It was figuring out, okay, who do we put around Booker when he's the only star on the floor? Who do we put around Beal when he's the only guy on the floor? Yeah. And they were missing guys in that game, so it's hard to evaluate, and that's what they're really going to need to tap into leading up to the trade deadline to figure out, okay, when we have one guy on the floor, who is going to round out? What do we need more of around yeah. him? And, and it, it's not to say that it can't happen. Like, they can't figure it out in yeah. that time span. Mm -hmm. It's just that it's a fast-tracked situation, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Normally, you have a lot more time to tinker, to experiment, to try different things. You don't have that anymore. Now that we are looking at January to see the big three back in action so, for hopefully real this time. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell you a case study that I'm looking into. And I've been digging deep into this the last two, three days. And it's the Lakers from last year. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're an interesting case study because the Lakers from last year had this roller coaster of injuries throughout the year. They weren't very good. And then at the trade deadline, they went out there and they got a whole bunch of new players. Mm -hmm. And you know the difference between the trade deadline and the end of the season. It's not much time, right? Mm -hmm. But they were starting to put it together. And they got through the first round. They had a good second round. And they made it all the way to the conference finals, right? Now they got beat by a team that was very good and had continuity and had experience and was ready to make that step. But I question if that Laker team couldn't have beat anybody else had it not been the Nuggets. So there is a case study here in putting the stuff together in a quick amount of time and it potentially working. Um, and so I wouldn't say it's impossible for the Suns to get this together at the end of the year after the deadline, if there are some moves or if they just stay put and just kind of round things together. Um, I know that traditionally that's probably an anomaly, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, it did just happen last year. And this new NBA is a different NBA. So uh, the three-point line and, and the way the game is played now makes me feel like if these guys can just get healthy and get it together, Espo, uh, they're going to have a chance every night regardless of how much time they've got. But I prefer more time. I, I appreciate the the thought when it comes to the Lakers. But for me, you know, LeBron, <clears throat> AD, even Austin Reeves to a, to a lesser extent had played together, right? This was that they churned the back half of that roster. The, they changed that group and that so that's where i feel like it's a little different because you need these three stars to to build this chemistry uh and and on top of that the bench to figure themselves out uh and, and it that's without making a move at the deadline so 
I think they can, and I think that's an interesting point. I just think it's slightly different because your your stars knew how to play together there. They were going, how do we give them a supporting cast that really makes makes this thing hum? Yeah, so. you could poke holes in anything, and and it's no no. I'm saying I you, mean that's true. You yeah, can poke I, holes I so. in anything, and there's no perfect scenario that's going to completely line up. Um, but they scored 112 points against the Brooklyn Nets. The big three was responsible for 97, 97 of uh-huh. those points. And that was the first time they ever played together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can poke holes in that theory and say, well, shit, the first time they played together, they almost contributed 100 points in the basketball game between the three of them. I mean, that's just one time. Mm-hmm. If you give them 30 more times, you may not need that long, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a, you know, listen, there's holes to poke in all this, um, but I'm... I'm okay. I think I think I'm just hoping that they can get things together because I believe in the town and this basketball team long term. The the struggle for me is like to your point about the Lakers, they were able to make some really good trades at the trade deadline. Yeah. The Suns won't have as many assets to work with in order to make a deal happen. True. So it's gonna they're gonna have to really work their way into some favorable deals. Um and we did get a super chat from Eddie Mensa asking any path for a switchable big that we can add. I will be doing an article <laughs> this week on potential trades the Suns could make, maybe, possibly. Yeah. The mean, their means are going to be really limited, but we will be discussing that later in the week, so I promise we'll Just get to Just be careful. That. You might get ratioed by Nurk. <laughs> he's, he's coming for heads on Twitter. Yes, he is. He is. Yes, he is. You all got to be careful out there in the Twitter streets. <laughs> isn't, isn't the path simple? I mean, it doesn't require a trade. It just requires playing bowl bowl, right? Of course, that's that's <laughs> all paths lead the bull bowl. That's our ace in the hole told. right there. They're our saving him for the, the playoffs, though. Don't, uh, <laughs> oh, God. Our ace in the bowl. Um, <laughs> stop the it right now. <laughs> Flex is obviously very positive still about the state of this team and the potential of this team. Uh, Espo, you and I were a little less positive last night. How are you feeling today now that you've had a chance to sleep on it and think things over a little bit? Honestly, I feel the same. Yeah. This team needs to find a way to dig deep and figure it out even when times are tough i i'm not for so many years i've backed off of well you know championship expectations but they did this they did that all oh, they'll be closer next no no the 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 goal here and the one thing that they were brought together to accomplish is to bring the larry o'brien trophy to phoenix and Anything short of that is not going to be reaching my expectations this year. So I really think that this group needs to take that long, hard look at at themselves like we talked about last night and try to figure out, hey, this is who we have for the time being. How do we make this work and how do we make it work well? And snap out of whatever was going on for those first three quarters because there was slumped shoulders. It was not. It did not look like... Anybody was happy to be playing with uh, playing basketball with each other. Uh, it did not seem like it was locked in, and it took, you know, Devin Booker taking over in the fourth with some help from Kevin Durant to even get them a four point victory against the thirtieth ranked defense in the league. So I'd love to sit here and say a good night's sleep made me go, you know what, everything's okay. But uh, honestly, I don't feel that way, and it, and it's taken me a lot to get here because I was all in. And and believe in hey, just wait. But something about the Knicks and the and the Wizards' performances kind of pushed me closer to that to that edge. I think it's for me. I'm I'm sort of in between Espo where I was last night and where Flex is right now. Like I'm trying 
to find positives and I'm trying to be optimistic for the rest of this season, but there are some things that I would love to see while we know Bradley Beal is going to be out through January. So the remainder of December, like even if it's just consistent effort and hustle tip to the final buzzer, you know what I mean? Like if you just show me consistent play, even if it's not dominating performances, even if it's not winning every single game, but consistently the same amount of effort, from the beginning to the end of the game, I would feel better because I think that's one of the things that's been really frustrating for me this year is it's just like the peaks and the valleys are too, it's like night and day and it, and it's literally night. One day we get one and the next day we get the other. And I think it's too much of an emotional roller coaster for all of us to be able to handle in addition to the injury type stuff that's been going on. So just a little bit more consistency for me. And I think I would start to lean more to the positive side of things. But right now I'm still, there's still a lot of concern. Yeah, I believe it's called the peaks and the elevies. Oh, you're right, you're right. Gerald, we didn't get to hear from you last night after (laughs) this game. How are you feeling about last night's game and just the state of the suns? I mean, it's it's concerning for sure. I'm not going to beat around the bush or pretend like it's not. Like the last two games have been concerning. It looks like this team is kind of in a little bit of a funk, whether that's because of the existential blow of Bradley Beal going Mm -hmm. down with injury again, that sort of thing. You know, they can talk about how, you know, there's highs and lows to the season and our main concern is lifting his spirits, but it does weigh on you after a while. These guys are not impervious to what's being said about them to the Brooklyn Nets 2.0 comparisons to all of these things. Um, And I think it does weigh on you. And so does their six and eight record at home. They haven't been good at home, which is where you're supposed to go and have an advantage. And that hasn't been there this season. So I understand that Suns fans are concerned. My concern is about, you know, the big three being healthy for long enough to build that continuity for the most part. But there are other concerning things like this team just hasn't sparked joy the way that it has in the last Mm -hmm. couple of years. It's just kind of felt different. Even the wins like last night, it was ugly for almost all of it until the end when book started getting it going and you got that KD poster dunk at the end. And other than that, it it just hasn't had that same feel to it for whatever reason. Um, and, And we knew going in that this season would be tough to evaluate because there would be a lot of different lineups. Frank Vogel would have to experiment to find out what works. But when you add the angst of not having your main guys available to kind of pick up the slack while you're experimenting it makes it all seem like there's no plan and this Suns team just doesn't have an identity yet like mm. we 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 came into the season with Vogel talking about this team's going to be scrappy as hell defensively they're 18th in defensive rating talked about wanting to play faster they're 26th in pace talked about wanting to get up more threes they're 24th in three-point attempts so it just feels like one of these situations where until we get that full complement of guys available they're not going to be able to carve out this identity and it's going to take more patience than I think we hoped for going into this season where we thought we have a big three. We're going to steamroll through the West. We're going to, you know, knock off the nuggets, all this stuff. It's going to take longer for those things to align if yeah. they do at all. Well, you bring it up that it, it doesn't spark joy, right? And mm-hmm. what is that? There's that woman that says if it, Marie doesn't, Kondo it, it, or whatever. If it doesn't spark joy, get rid of it, right? My biggest fear is that we're going to hit an apathetic stage with this fan base, which makes which makes it even tougher in that arena because we've seen it. We've hit people, it already. I mean, we've already hit it. We've which, hit it already. Which yeah. is which is 
I mean, it, I'm not. It's not on the fans, but that sucks when you're trying to get a team to go out there and play with some urgency and some heart, and it's already happening. Like expectations are huge, and they've fallen so short of it. Like this is again, we're at a tipping point in a lot of ways with this season. Uh, wake up, mm. please. You made a great point. Six and eight at home. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be your safe haven, mm-hmm. right? You know why it's not? Because of what we're talking about. Mm. They feel the noise here. Mm. They feel the energy here. They feel the panic from the fan base. They feel that arena. Not the way it it used to be. They play better on the road. Mm. They're a happier team on the road. (laughs) Okay? That's a fact. Mm. And and it's one of those things where I'm glad we're leaving Phoenix and going out to have a road game, a couple road games. And I think that... I would not be shocked if they were able to go into Portland, Sacramento, and get some dubs. And then they we're talking should. about a whole different thing, huh? They should. Yeah. They, then we're talking about a whole different thing. Wait. Uh, I'm go sorry. Ahead, go sorry. ahead. No. An, another thing I will say that Joe made a great point that I think is lost on some people is, and we felt it. He has a collective group, right? When Brad Beal went down again, mm-hmm. that hurt us. Mm-hmm. Like it sucked the air out of the <clears throat> PHNX studio. Mm-hmm. It did. Am mm-hmm. I? Am I? Bo- am nope. I? Suck the air out of Phoenix. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, how are we going to ignore the fact that the fan base wants the big three? We want the big three. The big three wants the big three. Mm-hmm. Like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are driving to that game. Like they bumping big and Jay Z and they got Drake on. They like, yeah, we got the big homie coming back. We got, we got Bill. We ready to go. Damn, mm-hmm. again. <laughs> like that seeps into their soul, man. That seeps into their, you know, their games. And so, yeah, I, I mean, they're they're human. They're not robots. And they're yesterday was a, a sign that something wasn't right. And it's not hard to connect the dots and be like, man, this team just feels defeated mm-hmm. right now. And they just need a little bit of good luck and a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, help, uh, I would say, from the fan base. See, like, I know, feel like oh, the fan I, base. I thought we didn't believe in luck, by the way. But oh, go ahead. Okay. I, I'm going to counter that. Go ahead. That the only person or the only people that can change anything are them. We cannot go out on that court and help them win basketball games. Do I think environments make a big difference? Yes, because we talked about it last night. I don't think athletes across every sport forever would be making up that lie, (laughs) that they don't enjoy playing in certain environments over others because of crowds and fan bases. Um, But... If you are not loving the vibe at home, well, then you've got these next two games on the road. Go yeah. get some dubs. Come back on Christmas Day, and I bet you we're all going to be excited to watch some Suns basketball. So I agree to a certain extent. I don't – obviously, you can't blame the fans for how no. the team plays, and I no, don't think no, that's no. what Flex I, was yeah, doing. No, I'm not blaming. No, but, but I'm just but saying, there is, make, you want it to be more exciting in the Footprint Center, then make it more exciting in the Footprint is, Center. But there is a – palpable tension in that arena ever since that game seven game when we ever since well we're, we're ever since they lost, every i understand that but ever since game five of the finals honestly because this fan base everybody in phoenix the suns were riding high because mm-hmm. it felt like that was a magical playoff run it felt like everything was aligning felt like this was going to be the year it didn't happen the next year they win 64 games Everything is great. They're going to steamroll their way to the title. They get smacked at home 
in one of the most traumatizing games that I've ever seen mm -hmm. a playoff contender, a title contender undergo. And it feels like ever since then, whenever the Suns get down, it spirals so much quicker because there is that there's that PTSD. There is that trauma. There is that memory of the game seven and then the game six that followed the next year. And I know it doesn't make sense at all because those were one, two years ago now. But it does feel like it's still weighing heavy on the collective mind of the fans, of the team. It, it's like a demon that needs to be exercised at this point. And again, I'm not blaming mm -hmm. the fans in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm not either. But when that team gets down, there is just a different feeling in that arena than there used to be. Yeah, it's because, different. Because we got sold all summer <laughs> that this is going to be the best Suns team that did we've we seen. Did we get sold or did we sell ourselves? No, we got sold. Who sold it to us? We are both guilty. It was uh, yeah, I think there's both sides. Both sides, both sides is fair, but they they made it very clear that championship was was the goal and was what they were going for and they were going all in. Which it should be. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. <clears throat> but I do not blame the fans when you have such an uneven start to this season mm. to feel like the way that they do. You want them to cheer, give them something to cheer about. And last night, nothing they did mm -hmm. until that final four minutes was worthy of getting any reaction other than than disgust and apathy from that crowd out there. Again, I'm not blaming the fans. I'm just yeah. stating facts that when this team goes down, there is a palpable tension in there, and the players can feel it. That's what it is. Well, they should never be down at home. I'm just kidding. That's what the expectation <laughs> feels exactly. like. That's I'm, what it feels you know like. What else, you know what else you could do to fix it? Not Ishbia talking to you on this one. Hmm. More giveaways, more freebies. Just hand out free stuff. They can games. only do t-shirt time so many times. I'm not saying t-shirt time. Do it during time. the play. Do it during. I don't care God. what you got to do. You make those you fans excited Steve when Kerr the suns go before. down. I'm, 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 I'm gonna tell y'all. The suns get down by ten. You start giving things away. <laughs> fans are gonna get real hype. I promise you that. Oh, I promise man. you that. You, you know what? I'm I'm gonna. And this is, people are probably gonna get pissed off at me for saying this, man. But yeah. it it just I don't know, man. It this is just it's sometimes it's comical to me how people are reacting about this. Mm -hmm. Um. It's like if I if I tell my my son and my daughter I'm I'm gonna drive y'all to school every day. I'm gonna mm -hmm. drop y'all off at school every day in a new Bentley, right? Every day. Well, why would you no. tell your kids that? No, no, no. <laughs> because kids like that stuff. In the culture we're in, they Instagram everywhere. They going to school and they getting out of Bentley. And look, my dad drives a Bentley, so you know it's kid stuff. And mm -hmm. I'm trying to make the point that some right. of this is kind of way over the top, but. If I actually told my kid, I'm going to drive you out of school in a Bentley every day uh, for the first 25 days of the school year. And then the day before the first day of school, daddy hurts his back. Mm -hmm. Daddy can't drive. Daddy's bedridden for a month. Mm -hmm. The Bentley's still outside, mm -hmm. right? Are y'all going, my, like, if my kids came up yeah, to me, I'm it was like, pissed. right. So so that's what's happening. The bed, <laughs> right but, 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 so. but that's exactly what's happening. There are people saying, you promised me this plush ride to school, mm. and I was going to start my day feeling great, and it ain't happened yet. And my response is, 
but the Bentley is in the garage. Yeah, but it ain't being it's driven. coming when I get better. That's damn what it. you keep <laughs> saying, but we haven't gotten better. Right. So I that's where we are, though, Lynch. That's where we are. Like the Bentley's outside, guys. Yeah, well, we just your Bentley is there. collecting no. dust. I feel like you sold me, told me you were buying me a Bentley, and I got a Honda Accord. And no, I, I don't feel that. A Honda no, Accord. You know what I I feel what you're talking about because. I feel like people make this misconception that these guys are like okay with being out no, or no. that they're not trying oh, no. to get back. I don't think anybody like, no. thinks that I in real life. Check okay. my mentions oh, after oh, any oh, fucking oh, loss. I right. assume that they're bots. They're not real life. No, they're, they're real life people. And it's they not are. again, it's not the majority of fans. I think the majority of fans understand that Bradley Beal is doing everything in his power to get back. They feel bad that such a flukish injury happened in literally his second game back. Like that sucks. Yeah. But like it does feel like when we talk about this team <laughs> failing to meet expectations, like we haven't seen the team. There yet. you go. Like I, I just I keep coming back to that. We haven't seen okay, what the but- team looks like. My patience is wearing thin because I want to see it. And I think they're running out of time to see it before the playoffs. But like that's that I'm, is what it is. I'm I don't patient. know what you do about that. Well, you don't control any of my that. My patience isn't wearing thin because of injuries in the big three. I understand that, and that's part of the game. And we accepted that when they brought together this particular group of guys. Mm. It's effort. It's some of the performance. It's the fact that you still, in most of the cases, have had two of the three. I get it. KD, for a nine-game stretch, had to carry Mm. a lot of it, and and I understood that. But I have not seen this team be very good. Even uh, like I don't need great. They're eleven uh, and six when Book and KD play. There you okay. go. And there you go. That's, that's Is very eleven good. and six good enough? Yes. For, for two superstars like that. Yes. That's yes. Good. Okay. Especially with all the all guys right. that they've had out on the bench. Like eleven and six would get you middle of the pack in the West, and we're not panicking about where they are right I'm, now. Honestly, I'm not like, panicking about where they are right now either because Flex <laughs> brought it up last night. The rest yeah. of the West hasn't run away with anything. Right. So, so it's it's my fear is they're not going to get it together mm. I, like that. They're not going to hit the peak, you know, mm. at, at any point because they continue. They've, they've dug themselves a hole and that I'm no, not, I get, I, I get, get injuries yeah. happen and I'm okay with that. Mm. I just, I'm concerned, especially in particular after these last two games because of effort level that we saw. There's some really, uh, gems in the chat right now priscilla said a lot of online takes are also from kids without a developed frontal cortex which i find <laughs> hilarious how about the adults libertarian sasquatch sent us a super chat and said yeah the bentley is on blocks though dad <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> you new york city style baby they stripped the rims and the tires okay y'all are killing me today we have a few additional super chats but first uh we do get a chance to get a dub tomorrow and a nice uh, start to hopefully some rejuvenation for the Phoenix Suns against the Trailblazers. That'll happen tomorrow at 8 p.m. And of course, you can watch it on Arizona's Family Sports. All you need is an antenna. And wherever you live in Arizona, you can visit azfamily.com and click Suns Games for listing information for your area. <coughs> AZ Family is a great resource to help you find Phoenix Suns Games on Arizona's Family Sports. Also, just throwing this out there. Um, if you haven't tried Wink yet, Wink could be a really good answer to yeah. some of the 
stress and the uh, bad feels that the Suns are giving you. So Wink is a seltzer and it has THC and CBD in each can and they come in 2.5 milligram cans or 5 milligram cans. They have zero sugar, zero calories, and they've got a couple different uh, flavors in there, but it's a... Nice, bubbly, but still like very relaxing kind of a vibe here. No hangovers, which are fantastic. And you can find you can buy them online in 1224 and variety packs right now. And if you use the promo code PHNX, you're going to get an additional 50% off your total order. So make sure you use that promo code PHNX and you can find them at drinkwink.com. Okay, super or behind chats. our set. I found one back That's there. That's true, so. too. We got some back there. Super chats. What do we got here, Eric? Can you pull them up? Cool. Thank you. Trevor said, what uh, What name can Suns go for at the deadline to help? Again, I'll be covering this yeah. later in the week. We will be doing a whole probably trade segment looking ahead, yeah. way early look ahead <laughs> to the trade deadline for some possible names that they could target. Can we just wait until like after Christmas? No, the people want it now. They're panicking. Oh. The sky is falling. We need to do Can it. You, you do it. <laughs> I'm you going do to. It. Yeah. Your article. Mm-hmm. Go phnx.com, you guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can read it. And then we can discuss it after Christmas. We're not going to discuss an article after Christmas if I write it this week. Gerald, can we can we discuss it sometime in February? Is that all right? Uh, we'll probably bring it up again at that point. <laughs> Trade Machine <laughs> Tuesday's coming back, Lindsay. Buckle up. I'm it's feeling like you just want to ruin. No, I like our with, holiday spirit. I like with Jesus. They're doing. already ruined. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Christmas, he's trying to Christmas change things. Canceled. Our new year like, resolution is to do better next year. Like it's uh, this holiday season's already wrecked. <laughs> I'm a little concerned actually by something going on right on the set. What? And it's my guy to the right here. Mm-hmm. Me drinking. So, <laughs> so, right so my guy to the right normally starts the show with the little half, 2.5 mm-hmm. wings. He doesn't right? need to drink all of it. And, and he starts the show with it. It's like right there. And in this show, he just walked off and grabbed the tall can. He, he got, got the, the five milligram. He got the can. five milligram. I'm in the fields. That's right where now. we're at. So, yeah, we yeah we gotta chill, man. That's what we good, man. That, that, that's why we I good. got the five milligram. I yeah. need to chill. Yeah, I'm like crazy chill. uncle at the holidays over the last yeah. uh, 24 hours on this program. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Re- I'm just gonna chill out a little bit. Mm. What's Drink the final time. super chat here for a minute? Another one from Libertarian Sasquatch. Thank you so much. They said. Feels like the team has no personality or identity. Yeah. I don't I agree disagree with, with that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. Because but how do you develop? How do you de- <laughs> how yeah. do you get a personality and identity when you don't have the people to create that personality and identity? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I see the chat uh, clamoring for Kai Jones. I don't think <laughs> Come adding on, that guys. is Come the. On, we got guys. enough going on. <laughs> do we need more? <clears throat> we already <laughs> added a former Hornet. What more do you want? <laughs> Right, you only get one of those. (laughs) All right, so obviously things aren't ideal, but Mm -hmm. Flex, you've been taking the optimistic approach. You've been trying to keep things positive, and you have some information for us to provide a little bit of perspective around the injuries that we've had to deal with this year. So break it down for us. What you got? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I did a deep dive, and I'm looking at, the Suns after 26 games, they're 14 and 12 right now, mm-hmm. and they've had a roller coaster of injuries. Okay, um, me and Gerald were double checking some stuff, and and Brad Beal's missed 20 games. Mm-hmm. Correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Devin Booker has missed nine. 
Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant has missed four. Right. And then a plethora of other injuries with Gordon and Grayson and Nasir Little and this guy, Eubanks. And so there's been injuries across the board. So I can call this a injury-riddled stretch for 26 games. Mm-hmm. So I went back and I looked at last year's team. Okay, and I said, let me grab a a good sample size of that team when they were going through a similar injury stretch between December 2nd and January 16th. The Phoenix Suns played 24 games. Mm -hmm. Those games were without Devin Booker, with Devin Booker, without Chris Paul, with out Chris Paul. DeAndre Ayton missed some time. Cam Johnson was out. It was a roller coaster of in and out players inside the lineup, okay? During that 24-game span, they went 6-18, and 18, mm-hmm. okay? 6-18, and 18, five-game losing streak, three-game losing streak, six-game losing streak, five-game losing streak, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, that span, like, we're, we're talking December to January. We're in the middle of December right now. The Suns have played 26 games, and they play 24 games. So it's a fair sample size and a similar situation to kind of compare. And when I look at the Suns, I'm saying, is it really that bad? It's 14 and 12 with only one game of the big three total, mm-hmm. no games of the top six. Mm-hmm. And a plethora of injuries across the board for multiple multiple games. Is 14 and 12 that bad? And should we be looking for style points in a game versus the Wizards? Mm. Yeah, this, is, this is something that I think we need to really sit back and evaluate and not have selective amnesia. And remember, this time last year was... So three times worse. My initial thought when you had brought this to the table, while I do appreciate the perspective and I do think it helps a bit paint the picture, my initial thought process is to go, well, that team had some chemistry. They had some continuity on their side that whenever injuries were resolved, hopefully, which is what we'll get to here this season, they could lean on that. Whereas within this season, we have no continuity, no chemistry, that still has to be built. So that's my initial gut feeling and reaction uh, to that. I I agree with you, but I will say the narrative at that time when the Suns were going through that stretch when Book was out was that Mikhail Bridges definitely can't be the number two option because look at how he's failing as the number one. DA can't be the number one or the number two option because was right. look how bad. I mean, Mikhail's the number one now. But, no, no, no. I meant uh, DA. Oh, yeah. The no, DA that's, I mean, that was right. But <laughs> <laughs> the point is everybody at that time was clamoring for big change like everybody at that time when the Kevin Durant trade. Yes, they were bummed about losing the Twins, but the consensus was, yeah, you make that trade because you got Kevin freaking Durant. I don't want us to have get in this habit of revisionist history of saying like, it was a very unpopular opinion at the time that I had that was like, look at the minutes when Cam Johnson, McHale, CP3, Book, and DA are out there. That's a title contending team based on what we've seen. We didn't get to see it enough. So what do they do? They make a trade to bring Kevin Durant in to boost that championship ceiling. Now we're sitting in the same place where we're saying, well, we think it could be good, but we haven't seen enough. And I, I just want to push back on the urge to once again respond to that situation with well we need to make drastic changes again because a we don't have the means to do it even if we wanted to and b like this is still a a title contending team if they're healthy 
the if they're healthy part has just been a real pain in our ass so far and we don't know if we're going to see it and there's really not a lot you can do about that they put all their chips to the middle of the table and you you can't commend them for that in the moment and then go back and say well we should have never done that okay captain hindsight like that doesn't help the situation at all well and i think the difference is that team last year felt like it was kind of at the end of its its course, right? So, Mm -hmm. And people looked at it and it was like, okay, could this get better? Sure, we've seen it be better, right? We've seen this team win and everything. Right now, we haven't seen anything. And that's the fear. It's fear Mm -hmm. that pushes this because we have not seen these guys accomplish anything. We heard, you know, we all wanted to believe that they weren't going to be the injury riddled group that everybody outside of Phoenix said they were going to be. Mm-hmm. That fear has become a realization right now. So a big part of it is just the unknown and and the anxiety that you went all in on this. We thought this was it and we're about to get our own get another version of game 7 against the Mavs, but this time it's in the regular season and flaming out. That's there's all this fear, this angst. Everybody goes, "Hey, you remember that great Sports Illustrated cover with Steve Nash and Dwight Howard? This is going to be fun." Well, mm-hmm. shit, did we just do that here? And it doesn't help the fact that McHale uh, has balled out in in Brooklyn. So some people are looking there and going, "Well, look, shouldn't have made that move." Yeah. Like it's all this hindsight. It's all this this angst from previous years. It's it's the fact that we're looking at it and we don't know for sure that it's going to be okay. And all that adds up to let's panic because it's fourteen and twelve <laughs> instead of uh, you know being at the top of the West and looking like we're going to set some kind of records. Mm-hmm. And is it fair? Probably not. But it's the reality of where we are. Here's my thing, uh, man. I struggle with this, guys. <laughs> I struggle with this because there's a portion of the fan base that follows us in the chat. They really think that I'm just being optimistic because it's like a skit or something. <laughs> and no, it, this is him. No, this is me, man. Like I'm, I'm really telling y'all how I feel. Here's, here's how I feel. 26 games in. I, I'll let y'all answer this for me, just so y'all can, so we can play this. Let's say after 26 games, the Suns were 22 and four. Mm-hmm. And then y'all want to take a guess what they, what, what a lot of people would be saying if we were 22 and four right now, and the big three had played every game. Yeah, I'd be screaming, "We were the best team in the yeah. NBA!" Yeah. And suck it to every other city. No, you know what I'd be hearing? Uh-huh. We won 64 games. Regular season doesn't matter. Are they going to hold up, though? That's a fair point. That's what we be hearing, G. That's like so, so that's yeah, my problem. Isn't that just the natural evolution of that's trauma. That's trauma. <laughs> no, that's hurt. trauma. That's We've been hurt. That's Flex. trauma. Fear, trauma. guys. Fear <laughs> is not real. It's an illusion. Like you can't live life in fear. If you live that's life not in fear, true. no, it, it is. You it is. can. <laughs> oh no, you <laughs> can't live <laughs> life. Can. You shouldn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> You why do you, shouldn't. Why do you think I'm drinking a five milligram can right now? Because you can. Yeah. And some of us do. It's, it's, I got you. <laughs> You're right. But but it's not healthy to wake up. It's not. And expect like fear is an illusion. It's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like we're we're saying everything is going to go bad. The glass is half empty. Look at how it's gone so far. It's only going to get worse. 
and I just don't feel comfortable living in that space. And I will say this, we've had plenty of examples where it was the opposite. Things started out fantastic. How did it end out? How did it end up? I mean, if you if you can't go back and look at that 64 win season and tell me that continuity, chemistry, starting strong and all that in some ways could be a crock of shit. <laughs> Come on, let's let's chill with 26 games in. Let's just chill a little <laughs> bit. Just a little bit, guys. Let's just chill. I'm done chilling. Listen. I, I'm in my fight stage right now. <laughs> I, feel you, I feel you. I feel you. Michael you Hawk don't. brings up a really good point. <laughs> they said fear is a very important evolutionary trait. So It can be. Where those of us who be. utilize it are protecting ourselves. There's a difference We're between utilizing our own it emotions and living in it. And there our you go. own potential letdowns. Let us live our lives. But they're lives. not protecting their emotions. They're exposing them to the entire world in my mentions every night. <laughs> yeah, take it easy on my mentions. I am paid to expose my emotions uh, here. I know, I know. Look. Uh, and there's like, yeah, I don't know. Um, okay. Oh, hold well, on, though. One, one thing. If I don't use that fear, eventually I'm going to get burned pretty bad. Facts. Right? Hell. So I'm at the point where my fear is peaked with this group. Right. I, before this, I was very much where Flex is, mm. but my fear has peaked right now because I'm like, am I about to run off a cliff or am, <laughs> oh, is there a bridge shit. there? So what? Right. So what, like, what, it's what? like following Apple Maps into a river. Yeah. Like, yeah. like am I am I going to have that bridge there? Or am I just, fear. Or am I just hey, Michael Scott. Wiley Coyote <laughs> this you ever, shit? You haven't heard all you, those stories? You ever, you ever heard of Frankie Fear? <laughs> you know who Frankie Fear? Y'all know who yeah, that is, right? That's, that's Rocky Balboa <laughs> talking about Frankie Fear. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like that's what we're doing right now. No, we're Look, just they, a they have fun. time to figure it out. They are running out of time because, like I said, 50 games of the big three together is the best case scenario yeah. at this point with Beal's injury timeline to return. They do still have time. We're not there yet. But yes, it's okay if you're starting to dial up the panic button a little bit because mm -hmm. they are running out of time to get it together. They haven't been able to stay healthy. And it's we knew this coming in, given their injury histories, there was legitimate concern whether they could stay healthy the right time of year. The good news so far, it's not the right time of year. It's mid-December, so they do still have time to build to that. Um, but yeah, the, the lack of identity, that the defense, it. the fourth quarters, all of those <laughs> things are are understandable concerns. I got to read this. That's uh, great. 22? Yeah. Oh, what no, is that? I, I love 22? it. I love it. Worked for the Suns from 2012 to 2016. Being disappointed in this team is a luxury. At least we have expectations. Yes. Let's Which go. Which one of my former yes. co-workers is this? <laughs> Let's <laughs> go. And I agree. But with expectations comes the weight of said expectations yeah. as well. Absolutely. And I get it. We're not in, you know, we're not trapped in the sewer that was that period of son's history, but now mm -hmm. there are expectations and you have to live up to set expectations. And yes, it's not bad. Mm -hmm. It's not horrible, but we're looking at what we want it <laughs> to be. And it's not living up to it at yeah. that point. This yeah. is not, I'm not watching Michael Beasley uh, forget his, you know, forget his investments, his luxury watches, and care more about that. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about Sebastian Telfair and Jermaine O'Neal trying to kill themselves on a team bus 
uh, you know, fighting each other. I'm not at rock bottom, but I'm looking at a super team that I want to perform like a super team. All right. And they, and we've seen it one time. That's my despo. I get it. Again, real quick. That's my problem. My problem is people are saying, why isn't his team performing? And they have it's an, almost an illusion like they've actually seen the big three and the whole team whole, and they're not no, performing. No, it's We not haven't that. seen them yet. It's not that. It's that even though you don't get to see the big three, you still have Kevin freaking Durant and Devin freaking Booker. And they're 14 and 12. And they're 11 and 6 in those games. And like I keep saying, the last two games are where my concern comes see, from. See, that's, I don't know about that, But that's what that, I'm saying man. is like, if we're getting concerned over two games, what are we doing here? Because I mean, the Lakers lost by the because the, chunks. The why, Lakers are, lost. why are we having this this like such short memory spans? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. I get it. The Beal injury on top of the last two games that is concerning. They're still before those two games. They were eleven and four. We weren't saying shit about whether Point Book is the right move or not. We weren't saying shit about whether you know Kevin Durant is involved enough on the offense. So you're telling me after two games. That that is the so correct response, or, or, or yeah. is it because it's compounded by the fear that comes with another Brad Beal yeah, injury? Of course, That's what everything it is. is is predicated on what's going on around it at the time. But two games, My, no, two but games. it's not, <laughs> and they won it's, one of them. It's the way in which they approach things and the way that they looked, and I'm looking at it simply from the prism of where we are, the mm -hmm. amount of time left. And the way that they're reacting to the adversity, because adversity, like I said last night, is going to come in all sorts of forms when April, May and June come around. Mm -hmm. And how you respond to it is the difference between getting a 30 point ass kicking in a game seven and winning an NBA title. Totally and right agree. now, I, I want to see how you respond to that adversity better than what I've seen against the Knicks and but can we give them more than like three days to respond yeah. to adversity or does it no. have to be overnight <clears throat> yep. on our terms and then us taking that adversity and responding so shittily where we have a meltdown every okay. time they lose a game or play bad? That is my question. That's because I feel like Gerald's responding is, to his bad shit no, more than anything. No, 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 he's keeping it real. G's on fire right every now. Every time that this team doesn't go out and dominate by 20, we freak out. Every win has to be perfect and every loss has to be like a moral victory. Otherwise, we freak out. Style points. And, I, and I'm just I'm, I'm just kind of like tired of it. I, I feel like this team needs longer to respond to adversity. There's a lot. There's going to be highs and lows of the season. The way they respond to it is not going to be answered in any one or two game stretch. Right, okay, how much time? You have how to Christmas. Oh, we don't. I don't know. See, that's <laughs> the thing, Lens. And I'm not taking this ain't at you. I keep hearing that in my mentions. No, How much time, Flex? When's fair. it going to happen? Give me the I, date. Listen, I mean, we, that's an impossible thing to answer. As someone who is on the flip side of this, trying to provide more of an answer and to remind people to chill because it is a long season, I feel like I understand where they're coming from right now. Like, at what point is it okay for me to freak out then? No, at what point is it okay for me to have these fears? At what point is it okay to have feelings about a team that's supposed to bring me positive feelings? I'm not talking about feelings. I'm talking about freak out, panic, angry, okay, well, irrational. All of the, all of that's the what above. I'm talking about. Not irrational, but 
freaking out and panicking a little bit. At what point in time is not, that not, okay? It's not panicking a little bit when you're saying fire Frank 20 games in the season. It's not panicking a little bit when you're saying trade everyone except for Okay, well, book. I'm not but talking like, about that. I'm saying That's what I'm talking about. And I'm saying from my perspective as Lindsay Smith. I understand When is it saying. okay for me to ask the questions about when does this get better? After we see the big three out there together. At least 10 or, games. <laughs> or the next injury setback that prevents it from happening. Okay, fine. There's an answer. All right. Yeah. Fine. You want an answer? I, you got one. Look, I, just, I did. That's all I wanted. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. I want to have I want to have some fun watching this team though too. I don't Same. If you lose in an entertaining manner that's easier to swallow than sometimes winning like they did yesterday where it felt like people want to know that their team plays with it, like they care as much as the fans care. The mm -hmm. fans live and die with this because in some cases it's all they have that brings them any kind of outlet from from a life that Right, this is supposed to be yeah, the fun this is, part. This yeah. is supposed to be the way the way they they let things out and I get it. Sometimes that portrays itself in quite the shitty manner. Go look at a million mentions on Twitter. Believe me, I understand. I had people last night telling me that Matt Ishbia is a problem and Robert Sarver never <laughs> yeah. would have let this happen. Oh, no. And I had to ask, is your last name Sarver or did you get paid millions of dollars by this man so you defend him? Mm. Because that's where we're at. There is insanity mm. out there. Mm. But I also think it's not, uh, it's not a, a crazy to say, I want more out out of you from an effort perspective, especially after a game like last night. Right. That's not what I'm, I'm not talking saying about. fire yeah. Frank by any means. Right. So, right. Hey, 35 years I've been a Suns fan. I've known all of you guys for years. Everybody here is incredible at what they do and they have history with the Phoenix Suns, right? So I, I respect everybody on this panel here. Okay. But, last night was the first time in my life as a Phoenix Suns fan that I was torn about being happy about a comeback win. Mm -hmm. I'm being honest. Sorry. I don't that. think there's ever been another <laughs> game in my life in the 35 years I've been a Suns fan where the Suns actually won the game and I was questioning what my approach to that should be as opposed to just being happy they won. And that is because of the expectation, and that is because of these conversations we're having. We're having, and, and this is this is part of what I told, what I said to Lindsay early style points. I feared that yesterday's game was going to be viewed in a style point manner, and if the Suns didn't win by twenty, there was going to be a shit show. Mm -hmm. And then they played bad, and then they showed. Hold on, Gerald. They showed that they can respond to some adversity in that fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Now, we can say whatever we want, but they that game was a lost game, and then they looked at each other, they got together, and they found a way to win the game. Mm -hmm. That should be commended to some point. We shouldn't, we shouldn't blow past the first three quarters, mm -hmm. but we should never completely look at something like that and just blow over that part of it to highlight the other three that to me is a, a a disconnect with expectation, and I don't think it's looking at it from a fair standpoint. Because when other teams do that to us, we don't view it that way. If we play three great quarters and play and then have a bad fourth and lose, mm -hmm. what do we say? 
We it don't go back and say, damn, we played great for three. Fuck it. We just had a fourth quarter and lost. Well, yesterday was the exact opposite of what the Suns been yeah, doing. because it was the Wizards. They, see, that's what I mean, no, though. They're a professional the, basketball team that gets paid. won four games. Yeah, look. Look, you can't. I, I, I know, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm being Miss Negative over here but again, today, but but let's be for real. But we're also again Four games, we're getting y'all. trapped in that prism of the last two games or what this team's been all season. Like I saw somebody in the chat ask, there's there's highs and lows of the season. What have been the highs? So uh, a game winner against the New York Knicks from Devin Booker, an opening night win where he dominated down the stretch as point book a seven game win streak where they started by kicking the crap out of the number one team in the west like there have been highs i just i just don't want us to forget what we've seen just because of what happened over the last week because everybody's talking about you know point book is it the right answer the dude's still averaging 28 and 8 (laughs) for his career for a top 10 offense that's been missing one or two superstars all season long but we get trapped in this prism of what just happened and we forget the shit that came Prison even a week a before that. That's that's my only gripe right now is that <clears throat> it feels like instead of talking objectively about what we've seen throughout the season, people have viewpoints and they wait until they get one shred of evidence that will support their viewpoint. And then that's when they choose to talk about it. Nobody was talking about whether point book is a thing for the first month and a half of the season when the Suns had a top 10 offense, when book was averaging 30 and eight. But now that he has two bad games in a row in the first two games with the big three back, mind you, like it suddenly it's something that needs to be revisited. I, I, I Isn't struggle that with the that. the nature of sports, though? When things are going well, you tend to focus on the positives. And when things are going bad, you focus on the things that need to be fixed. That's not what I'm saying, Linz. I'm saying people don't credit the things that they see when things go well. And then they wait for the one fucking second that things fall apart. And then that's when they're like, oh, no, see, I told you all along. This one game proves that point book wasn't the end. Like, Man. no, that's they not can't how beat it the works. Knicks. The Knicks blew us out by 30, but we just beat the Knicks in MSG. I'm really not. But can we'll get into it. We're going to get into point. Yeah, let's put a pin in this for a second. We'll pick up in just a minute. Um, So last week's uh, DraftKings pick of the week that Flex made us a hit, y'all. So if we want (laughs) to get in on the action and hopefully go two for two, Flex, what you got for us right now? I got another thing. I got another cooker right here. Okay. Now, listen, Lindsay said it. We nailed that nine legger last uh, last Monday. So we're going to give you another nine legger. (laughs) All right. Joel Embiid to score 25 points tonight, Tyrese Maxey to score 20 points tonight, and Tyrese Maxey to hit two three-pointers in that basketball game, Philadelphia. And then uh, Tyrese Halliburton to score 20 points, Tyrese Halliburton to get eight assists. The end of this is going to be Shy Gildas Alexander to score tw- – I'm sorry, Shay. Shay Gildas <laughs> Alexander. Shay Butter. Butter, 20 points. Uh, Shay to get six assists, Chet Holmgren to make two three-pointers, and the last part of this is Carl Anthony Towns to score 20 points. Rewind this when it's over. Write it down. Tell me when you hit next week, baby. Yes, and if you want to get in on the action, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now with that code PHNX. New customers can bet $5 on NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, again, with that code PHNX. 
Espo, you get to do the disclaimer today. I've retired. <laughs> uh, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling, 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources get stuck ontario (laughs) also if you guys are looking for a fun holiday gift might i recommend checking out our friends over at game time and picking up a pair of tickets to a sporting event or a concert in the near future. Game time uh, tickets make the best holiday gifts. And right now you can save some money on them as well. Download the game time app, create an account, use code PHNX for $20 off your first, first purchase. Terms do apply, but again, create an account, redeem that code PHNX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Two things from the chat. To the gentleman that said Espo equals Uncle Buck, I take that as an immense compliment because I love John Candy. So thank you very much. And then Austin earlier was talking about wanting CP3 back. They cannot sign CP3 even if he's bought out. They can, can't can sign anybody that's bought out that had a contract worth more than $12 million before the buyout. So. Yep. All right. Uh, we have a super chat. We have a couple super chats here. So my Kafka sent us one and said, it's premature to say, quote, if healthy sons are a title contender. They only played four quarters together and the point booker is mm. not working. Mm. So let's mm. talk about point book here. Mm-hmm. Is it taking too much out of him to have to be point book night in and night out? I think you can say two things. You can both say that point book works, that Devin Booker can be a, a an elite point guard in this league. But I think you also can say in doing that, it makes him less of that direct threat that I feel like this offense sometimes defaults into needing him to be. So if you don't fix the the point where you need him to be that guy so often, I think it makes it difficult for him to be that elite point guard as well. And that for me is is the conundrum I'm in is he can be that elite guy, but you can't also ask him to be the guy that's the only one doing things offensively or just him and and KD and nobody else is picking up the slack when Book is actually putting them in position to succeed. So that's where my problem is and my conundrum with this whole thing is, uh, like, at, at what point is it one side or the other? Somebody's got to figure out, you know, to how to make up the extra. Yeah, I, I think for me, the concern is like the last couple of games in particular, which was to be expected because Beal was coming back. I think in that first game, we saw him defer a little bit more and try to be more of a table setter in that first quarter where he didn't take a shot for like the first time in his career yeah, in a first quarter. Yeah. Um, I feel like over the last couple <clears throat> of games, it's been more disjointed him trying to find that balance between being Devin Booker, the scorer and Devin Booker, the point guard. It, it feels like it's kind of vacillated between one or the other from quarter to quarter instead of kind of being more in flow 
But I will say up until that stretch, he was doing a really good job of kind of weaving those things in and out. And even in the two games where, you know, he didn't really play that well by our standards, he still put up what 27 and eight and then 28 and nine in those games. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where a, I, I think he's better at the dual role than people give him credit for. And B I don't think you have a better alternative because right okay. now he's the best point guard you have by far. The second best ball handler that you have is probably Bradley Beal, who's played four games, six games. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and other than that, it's kind of Jordan Goodwin or Josh Okogie. <laughs> like yeah. You don't have any other options. And maybe you could go out and trade for like a backup point guard. But I think the point book thing is what it is at this point in terms of your options that you have. And he's been really good in that role. Like, I, I feel like people have wondered about, okay, is he being too aggressive? Is he not being aggressive enough? And he said after one of the games that, like, I don't go into the game with the mindset of, okay, tonight I need to score or tonight I need to overpass and get other guys involved. It's always for him been, I'm going to take what the defense gives me based on the looks that they're throwing at me. And, and we have seen a lot of gimmicky junk defenses thrown his way this year. We've seen... Box in one, triangle in two, half court traps, full court traps, three quarters court traps, like all kinds of different stuff to try and throw him off, show him a different look. And I feel like he's gotten off the ball when he's needed to. He's looked to score when he's needed to. The last two games, that flow hasn't been there. Um, but I, I do think for the most part, he's done a really good job in the role. My bigger concern is the heavy minutes he's playing because he played 37 and 41 the last two games. And the fact that like he's still adjusting to the new minutes allocation that started with the minutes restriction when he came back from the calf strain, he was used to playing full first quarters. Now he's coming out at the six minute mark, going back in three minutes later. Like he's been having to get used to that. And I don't think he's there yet, especially with the pieces around him continuing to rotate. I think my biggest yeah. thing with it is, is that it's not that he's not capable or good mm -hmm. at handling the ball and, and playing this role for the team this year, I don't think it's the best use of him for this team, mm -hmm. right? Like a lot of people in the chat are saying books good at running point, but he's lethal off the ball. Yeah. And I think that's something that, I, that it's like, okay, I definitely could talk myself into it and I'm not saying he's bad at it by any means. But what I'm saying is would this team be better served if Book wasn't having to play that role. I and I don't know so. that don't there's an so. option. Yeah, I don't but think so, I'm just saying. I don't think so. His he's, numbers are just as good this year as ever. He's sixth in assists in the league and still seventh in scoring. So it's not and like And you think this, this holds up throughout the right. entirety of the season so, and through playoffs? I don't see why not. That's so, my biggest concern. I, I yeah. don't have a concern. I, I'm not worried about Point Book. I think Point Book is just fine. I think he's more than capable. Now, again, I need to frame some context behind this. We created Point Book for a reason mm -hmm. because we thought that Point Book would be one of a big three. Mm -hmm. And again, we have not seen that. So if, you if you're telling me that Point Book is him and Kevin Durant for 82 games, yeah, I'd be concerned that there may be a, a little bit of a, a work uh, overload in, in what we're asking him to do. Um, but I do not think that once Brad Beal comes back, we'll have those concerns. If you told me Brad was not going to return, I'd be saying let's get a backup point guard or somebody else that can alleviate Book and put him off the ball a little bit. But point Book 
it's some, at least this is how I feel. Point Book is part of a bigger picture. And until we see that bigger picture, we really can't judge it. But up until this point, there's no doubt in my mind that this guy, he's having probably one of the best years of his career doing it. And I think it's only going to get easier as the pieces start to fall in place. So yeah. I'm not concerned with Point Book. And I think it, it speaks to how good he is and how willing he is to do what's asked of him and how capable he is in those things. This situation was built with Bradley Beal sharing mm -hmm. the ball handling skills. Correct. You, or the, the <clears throat> ball handling dues. You don't have him. So all that's falling on book. But part of me wonders, hey, it's a flaw in roster construction. Let's be clear. And we all knew that. We all said you probably want a more traditional ball handler, but maybe Jordan Goodwin can do it. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Eric Gordon or Grayson Allen can fill in there and, and do an admirable job. And I, I think we're noticing that that may not be the case, but I don't feel like I've seen adjustments to this offense necessarily where it's trying to find creative ways to get Booker uh, more opportunity to be, be off the ball and get some of those shots uh, you know, where I think with Beal, that would have been the case, right? Yeah. Where it was, oh, Bradley's taking over this. You're going to find Book, in, in, you know, in the corner being able to do what he does and and being that guy. But right now, this offense doesn't have that element, and I think that's hurting Book's ability to be both things at once. And I, I, I would like to see more reps of him off ball because, as we all know, when he had a true point guard with Ricky Rubio and then Chris Paul – he led the league in points per touch, I believe, for yeah. like three seasons straight. <clears throat> so we know that he's capable of be of maximizing his touches in an off-ball role. But I do think for this particular roster, like having the ball in his hands enables the pull-up game for him. Um, you're not going to get that with him off the ball. And I think it opens up his playmaking because like, and this is a guy that's sixth in potential assists and fifth in the NBA in assist points mm. created. Like he is running a a top 10 borderline offense and it would be top 10 if they had a little bit better injury luck um, with him at the helm. My thing is like they've tried the last couple games. It felt like they tried more reps with him off the ball and he just had like a rough shooting night. So it didn't, yeah. it didn't look as good as it probably normally would. I think come playoff time, you're really hoping that Beal can take that pressure off because Vogel always talks about how it's a multi ball handler attack. We haven't, been able to see that because their other main ball handler has been out um but i do think it, it's not sustainable for the long haul him having this usage but i do think your offense is best with the ball in his hands and having beal and katie work off of that because we know that book can get to his spots individually and we know that he can set other guys up i don't know that i can say the same about anybody else on the roster to that degree right now point, point book has no effect on the defense either and that's been a glaring <clears throat> right. problem with it. Too. So we have a couple of super chats about this. Sith Lord sent us one. Thank you. They said the only problem I have with point book is his shot selection. Too many drives that end up as contested jumpers that one when he makes them, then he it makes him look good. <laughs> and two, when he misses them, it makes him look like an average class basketball player. It feels like the last couple of games, there's been more of those drives that kind of it, it feels like forcing. And I think it's because, especially in the Wizards game, he was struggling. He was like six for 18 through the first three quarters. It felt like he was kind of forcing. And then I think in the fourth, he did a much better job of A, just making shots and B, um, balancing the scoring and the playmaking a little bit. I want to see him pull up more too. Yeah. Come up and just pull. 
fire. He's having one of his best uh, seasons from from long range, and I um I think sometimes he, he's best when he's just you know shooting, not mm-hmm. not reacting, not trying to to figure out how to get somebody else involved. Just going, I'm going to shoot this time. Like I'm gonna, I'm just going to pull mm-hmm. on this. And I, even Frank said that earlier this year that. Mm-hmm. I want to see book, you know, yeah. take those shots more. Maybe yeah. that it, that helps too. Rashad sent us. Sorry, go ahead. Know, go ahead. Rashad sent us a super chat too and said, "Isn't book having his highest scoring season ever?" He is. Yeah. yeah. Career high in in uh, in scoring, in assists, and in three point percentage. Yeah. So he's been pretty. Point book has yeah. been pretty good. Yeah, I mean. They said off the ball book was an assassin. What do we call this? <laughs> a surgeon. <laughs> a nuclear bomb. Yeah. I, I, I think I think I think in the last couple of games, what I saw, Gerald and, and guys is uh it's been a little crowded. Mm-hmm. It's been a little crowded. And when I went back and looked at yesterday's game in the fourth quarter, it wasn't as crowded. And you you can't you can't help but think that's because some guys started to make shots. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, Grayson Allen hit the corner three that rolled in the rim like thirty times and then went in. <laughs> right, um, Eubanks got some plays at the rim. Gordon started to kind of insert his pre- uh, Goodwin started started to impose his will on the game. So I think sometimes it's just personnel too. Like Book is out there, and there are times where you watch Eric. We talked about this yesterday. You can see five out. Mm-hmm. And no one's moving. Mm-hmm. And then Book is like, okay, I'm just going to go. Mm-hmm. And he'll go into that pull-up game in the mid-range. And there's literally four bodies there. Mm-hmm. Like, there's four bodies collapsing. So I think personnel plays a big part in in how Book approaches some of this. And until we get that personnel right, um, you're going to have days like this. But I, 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 Book is a really smart basketball player, and he'll figure it out. All right. Before we round out today's show, a quick reminder that our friends over at Shady Rays are giving you guys the best deal of the season. This one, it's like a double whammy where you can get a gift for someone else and a gift for yourself. We're talking about premium polarized sunglasses, you guys, and exclusively for you. You can go to ShadyRays.com. You can use the code PHNX and you can get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people and gift one as well. Can I just keep both? Yeah, you can (laughs) do that. You can gift yourself both, 100%. Also, we have to clear things up from last night. Uh, Flex said that he did not. Flex and Espo both looked at this lottery ticket and said that it was a losing ticket. (laughs) It was not a losing ticket, you guys. They literally were about to throw, what, $40? I threw it in the garbage. It was was $20. But no, not literally. It was in the garbage, Lynn. And and Lindsay's like, go get that damn thing. You won money. What are you doing with your lives right now? So if you're going to play the lottery, especially scratchers, Make sure you actually look and see if you won or not. Reading okay? is fundamental. <laughs> they started just $1. Top prizes are up to $500,000. So go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. Make sure you actually double check them. You can find a retailer like our friends at Circle K near you by visiting ArizonaLottery.com. And you must be 21 or older to play. All right, let's look at our AZ Lottery King of the Court here. And what we're going to do, we're going to scratch off Three random numbers and whatever player is underneath said number, we're going to give them a grade for the season thus far. Okay. I get to pick the numbers. Okay. Because I don't trust you guys with scratchers anymore. That's fair. (laughs) All right. I'm going to go with number one. 
Who is that? Eric Gordon. E.G. Right. Gordon. E.G. Okay. What are we doing? A, B, C, D, I'm going to give F? him a C. A C? I think we've seen portions where he's been an A. I think we've seen portions <laughs> yeah. uh, as a ball handler and sometimes when he drives to the hoop where you could give him a D. I think, I think C, C plus is about where I put Eric Gordon right now. C plus. 100%. Okay. I'm going to go B minus. I think the spacing and the shooting he brings is huge. He's had some real stinker games, but when he puts his head down and gets to the rim, that's a valuable thing that he brings to the table, especially mm -hmm. with the way guys close out on him. My my biggest thing with him is like when he's trying to initiate offense and some of the turnovers that he has are just really mm -hmm. bad. Yeah, I would go probably <clears throat> more in line with Gerald around a B because I think, so I get it from like, Jeremy said, F and ball handling. Um, <laughs> listen, I hate it when he tries to just run into guys that are a foot taller than him and I love see if it, he man. can just barrel through them. <laughs> like, I get shit. it. I 100% am on board with you. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I read but that I as... don't think he would be doing that as much if he wasn't being asked to do it because yeah. we had everybody available. Yeah. So, I read that as F and ball F handling. And ball like you like said, fucking ball handling. <laughs> yeah. I realized it was I mean, bold yeah. could work, technically, <laughs> I think, for this one. So I'm going to give him a B because bless his heart for having to do that. Um, and hopefully he, we won't have to ask him to do that uh, past the first or so week of January. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right. Next up. Um, number four. Okay. Four. It's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. All right. Hey, it's Kevin Durant, man. <laughs> what are we giving Katie? Uh, I'm giving him an A. Yeah. How can you not give him an A? He's done mm -hmm. everything you can ask. I get it. Uh, that you know, it, it, like we've talked about, they haven't won everything, but you can't. You're yeah. not putting it at the feet of of Katie or really Book. Yeah. I'm giving him an A. I'm yeah. I'm giving him an A plus. Mm -hmm. I'm giving him an A plus. If you look at his numbers, they're absolutely insane. And the reason why he gets the plus is because no one in their right mind would have bet that KD would be the guy that is uh, leading the team in games played as far as the big three. Mm -hmm. Everybody thought he'd be the guy that would be missing time, and he's only missed four games, so he gets an A-plus for me. Keep doing what you're doing, Slim Reaper. Things are going to get better. I'm going A-plus as well. I think for me, like, ball security was a little rough to start the season. I think that's gotten better. <clears throat> um, he's been durable. He's been incredible for the age of 35. Uh, he's doing all that he can out there with a new group of guys. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm right there with you guys. Like, sure, you could ask for a little bit more from KD, but for the most part, like, what more can you ask for from him right now? Yeah. You're just being selfish if you're asking for I am being selfish. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. he could sell popcorn in the arena, <laughs> too, why he's not in the game. Is that the P word I thought you were going to say? <laughs> he could sign more autographs. You know what I mean? Let's get that going. K, while you're on the bench, like, go sell some exactly. things in the arena, dude. He could give Lindsay some beanies. I mean, come on. <laughs> Seriously, though, that one for real. Mm -hmm. All right. Next up, let's do number eight. Ocho. Grayson. Grayson that Allen. That's Grayson. The silver sniper. Uh, I'm going to go B+. Plus. He's come through, uh, has you know shot well in most cases, uh, has had some surprising uh, athletic ability out there. Mm -hmm. uh, I I like what I've seen from Grayson. I'm going to go B+. Plus. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go I'm going to go straight B. I'm mm -hmm. going to go straight B. Um I get a little frustrated with Grayson from time to time because 
I think that when you watch the Chicago game, that was kind of the Grayson that I like to see, the guy that's not hesitating and, and ready to shoot the ball, and that's what we brought him here to do. And I feel like sometimes him and EG get caught in the same round. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just they just pump fake their way out of good shots. And so I, I like to see more consistency with just letting it go. But all, overall, he's been pretty damn good and uh, defensively scrappy. So straight B for me with Grayson. It's interesting because some of the differing opinions in the chat kind of speak to something that he talked about in practice a couple weeks ago as far as trying to find his spots. Because I was asking him, is it difficult to kind of read and react based on what other guys are doing, mm-hmm. whether you're spacing, cutting, driving, that kind of thing. And he was saying it has been sort of a challenge, but despite that, he's still averaging 12 points, four rebounds, about three assists, career highs in all those categories, career high in field goal percentage, career high in three-point shooting, which he is sixth in the NBA in three-pointers, in three-point percentage at 46%. Like right. He's been very good for us. I think yeah. he's missed a couple of games and that hurt them not having his spacing out there. I think he's still trying to find his way in terms of where he fits on the floor and what he can do. Um, but I've been really impressed. So I would go B plus for him. Gee, can you real quick? Can you t- how many shot attempts is he taking from three? Uh, Four point nine per game. So that's he's almost taking five. It's right in line with his career average. And he's shooting forty six. Forty six percent. Yeah, and this is kind of why I want more. Yeah, that's my nine. Mm-hmm. Is, damn, shoot it more, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like especially not like the other night. He goes five for five. Mm-hmm. I, I would have loved to see 10 shots if you're... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. hey, my boy went 13 for 13 the other night. My man Keegan Murray, right? Yeah. I mean, shit, Grayson, let, let him go. So if I give Eric Gordon a B, I feel like I should give Grayson Allen like a B plus. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. like 1A and 1B depending on the night. I feel yeah. like both of them are solid role <clears throat> players who are being asked to do a lot more than we expected them to do coming in, but... They're both really valuable for this team, and I think they're going to be even more valuable as the season goes on. And if we if we go deep into the playoffs, like they're going to be a critical part of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, a lot of people were talking about Grayson being a little inconsistent, and that's fair. I think fair for both of them, honestly. I was going to say, I feel like EG's been more yeah. inconsistent. EG's yeah. way, way more inconsistent. I get um, it, though. I, I don't, but not but way more. It, I, yeah. Listen, I said at the beginning of this program that all I want is some consistency. So, mm-hmm. in any capacity, I'll take it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. Mike D says Eric Gordon is and does what everyone gives Grayson credit for. He does at times, though. Yes. I feel like we, I feel like with Eric Gordon, one of the things that I think we are guilty of a little bit on this program, which has caused a few. <clears throat> tiffs if you will is that i think we tend to focus on eric gordon and we look at like the because listen when he screws up it's really bad like it's 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 glaring Mm -hmm. okay and i understand that but it's like okay he had the same numbers as number of turnovers as this guy Mm -hmm. they just were like 10 times uglier (laughs) right but that doesn't discredit the fact that he also was our third highest scorer for that night Mm -hmm. and we wouldn't have won the game if eric gordon didn't hit three threes that Mm -hmm. we absolutely desperately needed you know what i mean so i think that's the balance that sometimes we it's so glaringly disturbing that we focus (laughs) in on that versus like the balance of some of these things. Well, and I think they've asked him to do Gee, more. With, yeah, of course they particular have. with the ball handling, and I don't think that's fair to him. If this was straight up these two guys just doing what they do best, shooting shooting threes and, and being scrappy, I think, yeah, they're, you know, Eric Gordon is, is probably just as good 
as Grayson Allen on that front, but I feel like he's the guy that got slotted into that default. You're going to be the backup ball handler early on, and I don't think that did yeah. him any favors. Gee, what's he, what's he shooting per game? Do you know? Uh, he's shooting 40% from three, 47% overall. He's taking almost seven three-point attempts per game. He's been Ooh. he's been very good as a shooter. Yeah, yeah but he, 6% yeah. worse than Grayson. They, so. they, they're, you're talking about 46% <clears throat> on five shots, and you're talking about 40% on seven shots. Mm-hmm. That is phenomenal mm-hmm. in, in NBA terms. Mm-hmm. And again... I'm going to say they brought those guys here to shoot. Shoot the damn ball. I wouldn't mind if those numbers spiked up a little bit, G. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get crazy with it, but I wouldn't mind if, if Grayson Allen was shooting seven And I game. think I think they would be higher if we hadn't seen the Suns' offense kind of go away from what it does in the first three quarters. And, and to true. be fair, in playoffs, you need <clears throat> that experience. You need a guy who can just go get a one-on-one bucket. But in the regular season, I feel like fourth quarter should be about continuing to run what you do um, and generate looks for the other guys. And I I feel like in most fourth quarters, it's kind of broken down to Book or KD and only one of those other guys if they're wide open. And this is a key in perception. People complain about both these guys at times, but they're shooting 40 and 46% (laughs) from deep, which is exactly what you brought them in to do. It's just the situation. Now they're being expected to be a second or third scorer on some nights or a fourth when really they're supposed to be fifth or sixth in that. So when everything slides up, everything gets skewed. And Mm -hmm. I thank you for for making it very clear on the shooting because I think we lose perspective on it. It's very true. Uh, That was your AZ Lottery King of the Court presented by Arizona Lottery. Don't forget to get out and buy your holiday scratchers. Okay, we have another super chat here. This one is from GoToTechReviews. Thank you. They said, I love everyone on this podcast. Love from Boise. <laughs> thank and you, I, Go-To. I, thanks, I Go-To. love your tech reviews. So yeah. <laughs> thank you. For love that. you. Um, did I already read this one from Mike Kafka? I, I might not have. So they, so. when we were talking about point books, sorry, Mike Kafka, but thank you for your super chat. They said, all of you make excellent points. I am down with point book given Beal and Katie working off that. Yeah, 100%. That's the plan. Yeah. I mean, that's what the, that's what the blueprint says. Hopefully we we get get it. Fingers crossed. 2024. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Um, Also, we want to give a shout out real quick to Aussie Suns fans. They are having their second watch party this Saturday. uh, Their Saturday, our Friday for the Sacramento Kings game in Brisbane. Let's go. Enjoy it. It's cool. Yeah. Let's go. I saw pictures of the last one. It looked like it was a good time. So. So I think I saw it on Twitter. I got to go back and listen to the last episode. They answered my question. Did uh, did our boy there, uh, Jock, actually like me or just put up with me for the money? So <laughs> we got to go listen to that. Oh, find out. amazing. All right. Well, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you being here. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button on your way out. Helps us out a lot. If you're uh, listening wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. And of course, we uh, you can give the show a follow on Twitter at PHNX underscore Suns. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have a pregame show for you 30 minutes before tip-off. It's a late one, 8 p.m., which means our pregame show will start at 7.30. And of course, a postgame show after it wraps up as well. Until we see you tomorrow, you can give me a follow at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow Flex at Flex from Jersey. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Lindsay, you are never allowed again to say, hey, we could go about an hour today. Ahoy, (laughs) ahoy!